Welcome to Awakening Divine Wildness, hosted by inspirational speaker and best-selling author, Mal Duane. Mal invites you to embrace your divine wildness with powerful conversations with visionary women. Listen in and learn how to move from pain and heartache to forgiveness and freedom so you can live the life you deserve. I'm so excited about today's guest because I met this dynamo in New Mexico, Santa Fe, New Mexico, like 2014. We were doing a program together, transformational speaking. And wow, I was just sitting back and listening to her rock and roll and just tell her story. And she owned her power. And so I'm so honored to have her today as a guest. We are going to meet Sharon Pope and get into some juicy conversation. Sharon is a certified master life coach and a six-time number one international best-selling author specializing in love and relationships. She helps women in struggling marriages determine if it's time to stay and recommit or lovingly release the marriage. She's been published dozens of times, including in the New York Times, and is a regular contributor on relationship, development, and transformation. This lady walks her talk. She knows what it takes to make a tough choice in a marriage. She's going to share some of that with us today. Hello, Sharon, my sweet. Yay. Oh, how are you? It's so fun to reconnect after so many years. That was such a fun time in New Mexico. Yeah, we had a good good time and oh, we were in such different places in our lives then. Isn't it fun how life unfolds? Yeah. It's always an adventure. Yep. So boy, you've been busy cranking out those number one best-selling books left and right. And uh, your most recent one is Why Isn't This Marriage Enough? Yes. Uh, how to Make Your Marriage Work and Love the Life You Have. And I would love, love, love to get into a conversation oh. today. And Mal, I just wrote another manuscript. So there'll be another one coming. Wow. At some point. <laughs> I know that you made a very difficult decision about marriage in your own life. But I, I want to go today into a conversation. So many women are living in relationships where they feel trapped. They're unhappy. They don't feel value, valued. And yet they don't know what to do. They don't know how to make that tough decision. So sh share a little of your backstory. Okay. So they know they know the history here, how you how you discovered all of this, and then let's get into some tips and tools. That sounds great. All awesome. right. So I was in a it, this was my first marriage, and we had been married for eleven years. Um, it was a perfectly fine marriage. It looked really good from the outside, you know, pretty house on the golf course, nice cars, both professional people. Um, you know, we had 401ks and pension plans, you know, savings accounts. Like it looked all nice. But the thing was, is that it felt from my perspective, at least very empty and alone inside of the relationship. We didn't have like we didn't have a connection. We didn't have intimacy, and I'm not talking sex. I'm just that closeness, that vulnerability, that 
um, a connection with one another. Um, we certainly didn't have affection. He didn't know how to give it and I didn't know how to receive it. So it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't working for a long time. And I started to ask for more affection and God love him. He tried, <laughs> um, not a lot of men do, you know, like you said, sometimes they don't, um, he tried, but it, it, it didn't really work. And so I just kept convincing myself that it was okay, that, that it was enough because there were enough other good qualities in him, you know, like he wasn't a bad person and I didn't want to hurt him. And I couldn't figure out how to, uh, make a decision that wouldn't hurt him, that would honor what I needed, and that everyone else would be comfortable with. <laughs> there was nothing that would check all those boxes. Yeah. So I stayed stuck for a long time trying to figure it out, and I wasn't a coach then. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have any tools, so I'm probably like most of the women, I was probably like most of the women listening to this, just feeling stuck and lost and confused about how to make it feel better or how to leave it. Because neither of the, both of those have very scary answers, right? How do I open my heart and give again and give this another opportunity? Or how do I leave? And there's, you know, 10,000 square, you know, scary things behind that door. So, so I, obviously, because I refer to it as my first marriage, you know how that ended. Um, it did actually end and I did make the decision to leave, but it was the thing that got me started on the seeking path of, I need a new way to do this. I've got to do this differently. I need to get equipped. Um, it just, it started me on the seeking path. And then it led me as life does down one path to another, to another, to another. And now I am coaching women specifically through this difficult topic. Isn't it interesting how what we go through in our own lives can inspire us to teach others. Fascinating. It's, it's our own. It's such a gift. Yeah. 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 Well, I think it's also the, um, you know, we shouldn't be so adverse to change, but we, but we are. And so it usually takes us hitting some real wall, some version of rock bottom before we're, we go looking for new answers. And so, that's why I think oftentimes like our biggest challenges are in the same way that we end up serving the world, you know. What did you do when you felt you were at rock bottom? What what did you start to pursue and go after? I started from more of a spiritual perspective of um, there has to be more. Why is this happening to me? Um, because uh, my the divorce, the decision to leave my marriage was really just the first part of my journey because then it was a matter of I fell in love with someone who ended up breaking my heart. That was really when I hit rock bottom because I had blown up my marriage. I give, had given this man my heart and I ended up in the fetal position on the couch. And then I was like, how do I even open my heart again to love? Should I just give up? Should I like that whole like? It just started with the decision to leave my marriage, and then life threw me lots of other opportunities. Um, so it wasn't just about like I left one marriage and I went out and I found another guy, and he's great, and now I'm happy. Like, there's so much grist for the mill in the middle of that yes. that made me start seeking new answers. And it started from a spiritual perspective. Um, 
asking bigger life questions, I think. Yeah. yeah. What was the, the first major tool that you brought into your life? Was it that you started studying, you know, certain yeah. modalities, paradigms, working with a coach? What, what were those initial steps of um, empowering yourself that you took? I started reading a lot. At the time, they were more Christian-based books. Mm -hmm. I still was in a corporate job. And then I got freed from that. <laughs> or uh -huh. fired, as some might say. I call freed. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I knew that at that time in my life, it was, I, I did not know what was next, but I knew it wasn't more of the same. Because that had played out, just like my marriage had played out. My life. There were so many pieces of my life that were coming to an end, all within a matter of two years. This is not a coincidence. Right. Like the universe was like, nope, not for you. Nope, not for you. Not <laughs> for you. So um, really, I found Martha Beck's life coach training, and that's what changed everything for me. Like from that moment forward, life has never been. When I met you, I believe you had graduated from Martha. I had graduated from the first level of her program. Okay. And then I knew I wanted to do some speaking. And so I had gone to Gail Larson's transformational speaking. And then after that, I went through Martha Beck's master coach training. Ah. And this is what I mean. Like, it's just, there's so many teachers now mm -hmm. um, that, that feed me. Um, that life has just never been the same since then. So the moment I took that step forward, and it wasn't because I wanted to be a life coach. I didn't even really know what a life coach was. I just knew that whatever was next, that this would help me move through whatever was next. I had some kind of knowing that makes total sense to me now, but did not make any sense to me at the time. It brought you some clarity. Oh, for yeah. sure. And this was at a time, by the way, that like, I had just gotten fired. I had no income. <laughs> and it was a Tuesday night. It was like 10 o'clock. I was in bed and I was Googling self-publishing. And then I thought, I want to Google that happiness coach thing that I heard about on the radio. I wonder what that's all about. And then it led me to life coaching. 10 o'clock at night, I put down like $7,000 or something that I did not have. <laughs> but it was like, it was the first time my heart sort of leapt out of my chest. And it was like, yes. Yeah. You were being called, girl. You were being yeah, called. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And that makes sense to me now at the time. I was just like, I can't not do this. <laughs> when you get that divine pull, there's nothing like it. You know, it, you got to go. You got to do it. You don't care. It's money yes. doesn't even come into the equation. It is, you know, I need to do it. That's the way I felt about transformational speaking. It was like, I just knew I needed to go there. And at the time I was in deep pain, but I said, you know what? I still... I need to go there. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. It, and I think what it was, it helped me find my voice so that when I came back, I was able to speak up for myself in a very painful and difficult situation, which is what my new book is about. So powerful. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Like it's sometimes, you know, the, the things that we go down that path for, 
we think it's going to lead us one place, but it leads us someplace that's so much better that we just didn't even see coming. You know, you thought you were going to give a speech. Instead, you found your voice in your marriage and in your life. Yeah, and I left. Yeah. Amazing. I spoke up and, and I made that tough decision. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Because, I mean, women are sleepless at night. They're abusing food. They're out shopping. Anything to kill the pain, to yeah. fill the void that they are feeling in a loveless relationship yes uh now yours wasn't loveless but let's talk about the relationship where someone just isn't fulfilled at all she's basically just hanging in there for kids and she doesn't want to get divorced well and i would say a lot of times what you see because you were saying like you can numb with shopping and eating and distracting and all of that but also we can just we can use our children sometimes as a distraction we pour ourselves into our kids because we love them. We adore them. And where else would we pour our energy and love into? But we almost use that as a distraction so that we don't have to look at what's going on in the marriage. Or our jobs. We pour ourselves into our professions and we overwork yeah. so that we don't have to look at what's going on in the marriage. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of women who, um, I remember this very clearly, that I would uh, wake up in the morning and think, I can do this. I do lots of hard things in my life. This is fine. I will figure this out. And then I, by the time I laid my head down on my pillow at night, I was like, I can't do this one more day. I don't know how to keep doing this. And so you stay stuck in that just um, spiral, in that swirl in your mind and not knowing how to move forward. So one of the things that I talk about is that that staying stuck it actually serves you to a certain degree, even though everyone would say, like, it's a horrible feeling. I can't be stuck anymore. I don't want to be confused. I don't want to feel lost. The thing is, as long as I keep the story that I don't know, I don't have to take a step towards my marriage and I don't have to take a step away from my marriage. Ooh, nice. As long as I don't know, as long as I tell myself I don't know, yeah. I don't have to take any action. That's right. And action is where you learn everything. And so if you stay stuck, if you choose to remain stuck, it actually, like, it hurts you more because you learn nothing. Like, at least if I, like, I bet you came back and you started voicing what you needed and what was okay and what wasn't okay. I bet you started setting different boundaries for yourself. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, you got some information about what your partner was willing and able to do and what he wasn't willing and able to do and that gave you information to be able to make a decision yep and from that you just stayed stuck and said i don't know and from that information i would process it and then i'd say okay well i'm going to try this this and this let's yeah. see how these three things work i wouldn't just narrow my options i would try to be flexible open yeah. and respectful of somebody else's position um and I, I would put options out, but all of them were ignored. None of them were ever really dealt with. So I kept running out of options. And finally, when I was right up against a wall and said, you know what? There's nothing more I can do here. That's when I made my choice. But you know what, Mal? The thing about that is I genuinely believe that when you try like you did, like, I'm going to try this, and I'm going to try this, and I'm going to try this. If you get to the end of 
that genuine effort. Not like I've been trying for years and nothing, not that. Like I'm talking about like a really intentional effort to try and it still just does not feel good. Yeah. Then you can move forward and not second guess or regret that decision because you gave it your best. Yes, exactly. I was very comfortable making my final decision. Yeah. I was I okay mean, with it. It, it I doesn't make it easy, but at least you don't live with years of regret. Right. I, there wasn't anything unresolved within myself emotionally when I came to that point that I knew I needed to get a divorce. Yes, that's it. Not a, It's not unresolved emotionally. Right. Yeah. There was nothing unresolved. Yeah, so that is one of the ways that you can get to real clarity is making a concerted, intentional effort to, I'm going to try, and here's what try is going to look like. It's not just doing more of the same, because we know where that leads us. Right. It's like, what new tools can I apply? What more can I learn? What can I do differently? How can I interrupt the pattern of the way that we engage and have the same arguments over and over again? I'm going to do these things. And if I get to the end of it and it still doesn't feel good, then I do have an answer. What are your favorite tools? What do you like to recommend for women to try? Oh, gosh. Oh, um, let's see. You want teachers? You want like, do you want me to like describe a tool? Describe a tool. Then we'll talk about some teachers. Oh, I should have been prepared with it, like the perfect one. Because now I've got like 12 of them in my mind. Which one should we do? Um, oh, I get three. Okay. Three of you uh, I love the model that is used by Brooke Castillo. Like that's a total game changer. Um, and it is genuinely how your thoughts about the circumstances in your life create your emotions and your emotions is what is driving the bus on your life. Who is, whose model is this? This is Brooke Castillo. She okay. is, she trains coaches. Okay. <laughs> Um, but if you just Google like Brooke Castillo or the Life Coach School, the model, mm -hmm. you'll find the, the image of it. But essentially, I'll just describe it to you here so that you get the gist of it. If you, you start at the top and it's circumstances, we all have circumstances in our lives, right? My, my shirt is blue. Mm -hmm. I'm in Florida right now. You're wearing pink. You just went through a divorce. Okay, these are all circumstances. They are not positive or negative until we have a thought about them. Mm -hmm. They're neutral. Once we have a thought about them, then they take on either positive or negative. The thoughts that we create are what create the emotions within us. Our emotions are what drive our actions. And our actions, of course, is what drives the results we get in our lives. So when we are not liking the results we're getting, what we often do is we want to change the behavior. And most often what we want to do is we want to change his behavior. Yes. <laughs> we always think his behavior is going to make it. I'm wrong. You know, we're going to take some responsibility here. Well, it's not even just because no, like, no one really wants to take responsibility, but it's, it's the only place where we have any power to influence anything. Yes. So it's all we've got and it's enough, right? Yep. It is enough because when you change how you show up in the relationship, the dynamic between the two of you changes. So here's how I think about the relationship. I talk about this a lot with my clients where there's you as an individual and there's your partner as an individual. Two separate entities. What you create together is a third entity. 
Mm-hmm. And so when you change 50% of anything, you're going to change that entity. So this is how one person can create massive change in a relationship, you know, in a positive direction or a negative direction. Mm-hmm. I've lost all that, what's good or bad, positive or negative. I don't have that anymore in my mind. But, but what I'm saying is that like when you started showing up saying, hey, that's not okay. I know it's been okay for 20 years, the exact situation, but I'll just use this as an example. I know it's been okay for 20 years. I haven't said it. I haven't said anything. Now I'm saying something. Here's what's not okay with me, but here's what, here's what I need. You know, like when you start expressing that, now all of a sudden, he's got something new to react to. He's got new information that he now needs to make decisions about what to do with. Because you're changing how you're showing up in the relationship. Yes. So, so it's really, really powerful. Um, when you get equipped, when you get stronger, when it's not just, like I know the default is when you're struggling in your marriage, go to marriage counseling. But I think marriage counseling just deals with this. It's dealing with the dynamic and the communication between the two of you, the dance that the two of you do. And that's helpful. But it doesn't really equip the two of you to become any stronger emotionally and mentally so that what you're bringing into the relationship is from a very different starting point. Um, In my new book, I write about women being 50% of the equation. Yeah. And you've got to own your half. You just got to own it. You got to step up and look at what you've done what you're doing and what you can do. You cannot look at the other person and put all your eggs in that basket and think, well, if he does, if he makes changes, I'm gonna be happy, I'm gonna feel whole, I'll be okay. That's not how it works. No. You just can't put it all on somebody else. You gotta do your own work. Yeah, well, you know, when you asked me what was the one thing that I went to first that made the biggest difference, it truly was being willing to look at myself and my role in the creation of my experience in my life. One of my favorite sayings that I say, I don't know, 14 times a day mm-hmm. is something like, if you would be different, I would feel better. And that's what we do in our relationships. I need you to do something differently so I can feel some version of better. And really, in the at the end of the day, it takes all of your power away because you cannot control another human being it's so fascinating to me how we know intellectually i know i can't change him but we still try the the cold hard truth is they're adults every adult gets to do whatever the heck they want to do period end of discussion they get to live with the circumstances the ramifications of those choices but we all get to do whatever we want and you cannot control someone so if I'm not going to feel good until you're going to do what I want you to do, then I'm screwed. It takes away all your power. So instead, when you go, here's what I want, here's what I'm willing to accept and what I'm not willing to accept, that's where all your power is. Now you have choices and you're not a victim anymore. So women live as victims. It's so sad. And you know what, though? I don't think they do it intentionally. No, no. No one wants to be a victim. It feels like crap. Yeah. It was just, you know, the emotional wounding of it. Mm -hmm. I went to support meetings and boy, when I walked in and met all these women 
that were still in such deep pain and resentment and anger five years, 10 years, 15 years out from a marriage, I went, wow, what's wrong with this picture? We should be in a process of healing and, and moving on with life and, and loving themselves and, and you know, living a, a loving life, not, not filled with anger and hatred. I mean, they were poisoning themselves. It was very sad. Well, let's actually talk about that because I think there's, there's a nugget in there. Support groups. I think it's powerful to know you're not alone. I think once you know you're not alone, you have now squeezed all the beneficial juice from a support group. Because after that point, what it becomes is you stay stuck in your story. You stay stuck in the exact same energy of the exact same thing that you do not want. And then you just go and recreate the experience with another guy in a different pair of pants. And you wonder why you're so unlucky. Not that you're unlucky. You're creating all of it. And so it's all. It was so if it's like every week I'm telling and retelling my story, like nothing's going to change. Yep. Yeah. Puppies. (laughs) Puppies. Puppies. We have puppies. I get it. If a woman wants to make that tough decision, that it's it's time for her to leave. Is there a specific way to do it is is do you do you have um you know like an outline that you review with him you say look it if you're going to make that kind of decision this is how you present that idea but not okay All right, we will we will we will work with it. So, do I have an outline? So, there is a process. So, once someone has come to the decision that this is done, honestly, the very first thing that they need to do is to let that sit a little bit. Like take that in because that's a big decision. Usually what we want to do is we get into action mode, right? We're like we got to call the lawyer. We got to figure out who's leaving the house. Are we going to sell the house? Like, we get into crazy action. And I'm kind of like, we got, we got to let this sink in a little bit. And then we've got to get clear because the thing that I'll tell people is that it's a, it's an, inc- like, what did they say? Like death, divorce, moving. Like it's one of the top five stressors that you will ever have in your life is moving through a divorce. Yes. At some point, let's say two years from now, you're gonna look back at how you handled that very difficult situation. You're either gonna be proud of who you are or you're not. And it all depends on how clear you get up front. And there is a way to do it peacefully. There is a way to do it where he doesn't have to be the victim or he doesn't have to be the villain and you don't have to be the victim, right? There is a way to do it peacefully, but you just got to get clear up front. So um, like I have a, an e-course called Do Divorce Peacefully that sort of walks you through all those steps. Mm-hmm. But first thing first is like, let it sink in a little bit. Give it some reverence. This is, it's an important decision. It's probably outside of marrying him. It's probably the biggest decision that you'll ever make. 
This is wonderful. I'm taking notes. So when I put them in the show notes, I've got you know, these bullets. Yeah. You have um, a wonderful book that is available off your website. Would you yeah. tell the listeners about that? Because this is deals with this big decision. It does. It does. And it has some of my favorite tools in there. Okay. Um, so it's called Stay or Go, How to Find the Clarity that You Need. Um, how to find the clarity that you need so that you can either fix your marriage or move forward without regret. And so where it starts is here, if you, if you would prefer that you try to fix it, here are some things that you can be doing differently inside of the relationship. And then if it still doesn't work, here's how you take your first next steps going forward. But it's really about get helping you get to that decision of being really clear. And I, I genuinely, I don't have an agenda for people. I don't think like one is better than the other. And I don't need to justify my decision by convincing other people to leave their marriages. I just, I want to help people get to the right decision for themselves and for their heart and their lives, you know, and everyone gets their own decision. Beautiful. Wonderful. Lady, it has been wonderful to connect with you again. It's been so nice. And you just, you are vibrant right now. So whatever it is that you're doing, you just keep doing it because you look and feel amazing. Oh, thank you. I, I feel great. I take care of myself. Um, I'm in a very good place in my life and no great expectations about anything. I'm just letting the universe do its magic. Awesome. It's been wonderful to reconnect with you and thank you for inviting me on your program. Thank you so much, Sharon. Thanks for listening to Awakening Divine Wildness. Be sure to visit brokenopen-book.com to get a copy of Mal's new best-selling book, Broken Open, Embracing Heartbreak and Betrayal as Gateways to Unconditional Love. And for a limited time, you can get over 40 transformational gifts from Mal's launch partners. Claim all of this goodness at brokenopen-book.com.